0: Kufnu mudalif, we're holding by the Mishnah. It's a bit down in the page. Uh, the Mishnah, Matirin, Amir. It's a subject on its own. As we'll see soon, there's two ways that are related to this Mishnah. Two different ideas, total different ideas, seemingly unrelated to any other subject. Matirin, you're allowed to untie, omir bundles of straw, Lifneya veyma, in front of the veyma, now, besides untying it, you're allowed to spread out Esa kifin. What's kifin? We'll see soon. zirin. Zirin, you're not even allowed to untie or maybe you're not allowed to spread out. What is zirin? We'll see also. Ain't me asking, you're not allowed to crush. I'm typically I, I think it's translated as hay, here they, they translated it as fodder, it's a type of, what's fodder exactly? Um, a type of, it's a type of like grass that they use A have a plant that they, that they feed the animals with. Listen, They have a haym in front of an animal, where they a small animal like a sheep and a goat, being gasab in a larger animal like a cow, like an ox, so you're not allowed to break, crush the, these foods in front of these animals. Rabbi Yehuda says that a small animal, you're allowed, to break, you're allowed to break apart, you're allowed to crush carib in front of the small animal. So what is the issue over here? What is the issue of untying? Obviously, we're not talking about a kashash al a knot which is meant to last. Obviously obviously it's a knot that was meant to be opened up, so it's not a problem of untying. So what could be the problem of untying, of spreading out? What could be the issue? What are we dealing with here? So there's two opposite views. Obviously, the reason why he's untying or spreading it out is in order to make it more edible for the animal. Rashi says that they spread things out because and they want them to smell it. If they smell it, then they'll eat it. So it helps the animal eat the food. If you untie a bundle, if it's separate pieces, obviously it's much easier to eat than if it's in a bundle. So the question is like this. One view is, if before you did any action, untying, spreading it out, the animal wouldn't eat it. And only by you doing it, the animal eats it. So you're creating food. If you're creating food, I don't know, it's like matake, like a, matake, a patish. You're doing a malocha. However, if the animal would anyways eat it, you're just, you know, making it a bit easier for it. Then it's not a problem. That's one view. That's Rav view. Rav has an opposite view. To prepare food, what's the problem? You're not cooking it. It's not a So what's the problem? No problem. There's no such a thing as a malach in preparing food other than mevashil or than, uh, I don't know, anything of the malochahs. If it's not one of the malachas, then it's not a problem. What is the problem? Chachamin don't want you to work extra on Shabbos. So if you're doing something which is absolutely necessary for the animal to eat, go ahead. If you're doing something which the animal could do without it, then then, uh, then then why are you doing it? You're just working an unnecessary, you're you're exhorting yourself in an unnecessary way on Shabbos. So let's see. knew this is the first view. Hein hein The first two examples of the Mishnah. Pkeen and Kifin are the same things, they're all bundles of straw. Pkeen today, Kifin, Tulasa. The whole difference is, how many times was it tied? Was it only tied with two, like the uh, ropes at the two ends of the bundle? Or also one more in the middle, with three ropes around it. Now what's the difference? So, if it's only two bundles. The animal, uh, uh, one second, and, and okay, so let's see. And see, the third example is it's soft branches of a cedar tree. So he says, like this, and you're allowed to untie in front of an animal. The fastness applies. Also to the kifin, in the kifin. In other words, p'kin and kifin have the same rule. When it says matirin v'kiai u'mefasus in a kifin, is as if it would say matirin u'mefasus in v'kiai no kifin? You're allowed to, uh, you're allowed to untie and spread apart both of them. Why? Because they are edible before as well and you're just making it easier for the animal to eat, and therefore it's not a problem. However, fresh cedar branches, you may not untie, you may not untie, you may not spread apart. Why? Because without that, it's not edible. And since it's not edible without that, so then, then you're actually creating the food, and that's a problem. So the first two, you're allowed to do both. And for branches, you're not allowed to do any. Says the Gemara, what does the Ravuna Ravuna say this? Because somebody says like this, if something's already considered food, it's already edible for the animal, no problem, prepare it even more. To create something, to turn it into food for the animal, that you're not allowed to do. Fine. That's Rav opinion. Rav Zirin. The first and last example of the Mishnah, they are similar. The Peking and the Zirin, they are bundles of straw. And Peking, today, Zirin's loss. The, the first example stays the same, that's a bundle tied with two ropes. The last example is a bundle tied with three ropes, and in the middle example, keep in that soft cedar branches. You're allowed to untie bundles of straw that are tied with two ropes in front of an animal, but you're not allowed to spread them apart. Why? Because, as we'll see soon, because they can eat it without it. It's extra work. Vekifin, which is cedar branches. The opposite. Since cedar branches are not edible unless you spread them apart, therefore you're allowed to spread them apart. So the mission is not saying both on both. you're only allowed to untie. Why? Because that's enough. Cedar branches, you're allowed to spread apart, because without that, they're not going to eat it. And that's why you're allowed to. It's not extra work. But if it's, if it's tied with three, with three robes, you're not allowed to fast face. Why? If it's tied with three robes, then, then you're not allowed to spread it apart. Back to what we said before, the same as Pekin. In other words, straw they can eat without spreading apart. Cedar branches need to be spread apart. Cedar branches that need to be spread apart. So so straw, no matter if it's with two bundles or three bundles, two ropes or three ropes, untie it and just leave it. Cedar branches that they won't eat without spreading apart, they can spread apart. So the Mishnah says like this, uh, uh the easiest thing, a bundle with two ropes, untie, just leave it there. It's not so tight, they could eat it. The most oh, extreme example, cedar branches. If you're not going to spread it apart, they're not going to eat it, spread it apart. But let's go back to the middle example. Straw tied with three bundles, with three ropes. Well, then I guess it's tighter. So you might think you're allowed to spread it apart. No, 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 no. Don't spread it apart. Just untie it. Why? What's the logic? And he says the exact opposite. To create food, that's fine. What did you do already? It's not a malocha. But something's edible already, and you're doing extra work. Later, and that we don't do. Okay. Tanan, let's look in the last part of our mission whether they're small animals, whether the larger animals. Now, we would think but a carib typically is hard and fudder typically is soft. So uh, fudder typically you would say they could eat it even without uh, crushing it. And carib, you would assume that you can't. Now, if you just go that way, then the, the Mishnah doesn't fit with anyone. So that's really puzzling. If the Mishnah is saying whether it's soft, whether it's hard, don't crush it. So what do I say? When am I allowed to do something? When I, when I don't need it or when I do need it? For sure, you can't say that. Obviously, you have to compare the two examples to each other. There has to be that there's the odd example either of carib, which is soft, or the odd example of Fudder, of Hay, which is which is hard. So typically you would assume you go by the first example. The first example is a dominant example. So my love, I would think, this is carib, similar to farad, similar to hey. Just like farad, is typically soft. I also carib. What are we talking about in the earlier stages when it's still soft? So we see, this is a proof that I viewed his opinion that we're not allowed to do extra work with ready food. However, if it would be not ready, you would be allowed to. Like Rabbi this logic, this disproves Rabbi Huda's logic. No, no. Who says that the second thing has to be like the first thing? I can say the Misha is telling you the opposite. If you have Shachas, which is Vesa if you have Fodder, which is, which is like, Carib, that it's hard. That's a problem. Just like carib is hard. We're also talking about hard fodder. Asks the Gemara, when do you have fodder, uh, fodder which is hard? The fodder is soft. Answers the Gemara, you're right. You don't find different types of fodder, different types of hay. Hay is soft. We're talking about young donkeys. Young donkeys, for them, regular hay or regular fodder is considered hard. And for them, you have to break it apart. So we're not talking about a different type of hay. We're talking about a different situation. We're talking about different animals. So the Mishnah says, if for your animal, the hay is like carrot, and therefore they will not eat it if you don't crush it, you are not to crush it. Says the Gimote, Tashma, Rabbi matir bacharuvim The Mishnah says that you're allowed, according to Rabbi Yehuda, you're allowed to crush a carib only for small animals. Now, if we're talking about soft carib, then it makes sense. Um, one second. One second. Let's see. says the gimbal. If it's a small animal, you're allowed to crush it. According to Rabbi Yehuda, if it's a larger animal, not. If you're going to say, that you're not allowed to do extra work with food like Rabbi Yehuda holds. And therefore, if it's soft, you're not allowed to crush it. But if it's hard, you're allowed to crush it because you're allowed to create food. Now it makes sense what Abdullah is saying. A small animal, even something soft, it's hard for him to eat. Even something soft, that's absolutely necessary to crush it. And now he also shavuy, you're creating food, and therefore it's allowed. But if you're gonna say that ravuna, tanakama servant holds allowed to create food. Rather, and you only allowed to prepare food which is edible already, Rabbi Yehuda, which says that for a small animal, you're allowed to crush it. One second, it's easier for a large animal to eat than a, than a small animal. So if you're allowed to crush it for a small animal, basically you're saying that the small animal could eat it without it. And that's why you're allowed to crush it. If that's the case, a large animal for sure can eat it without it. So how could it be to say that you're only allowed to do it for a small animal, for sure for a large animal? If we follow the logic that you're only allowed to prepare food which is edible already, then how could you allow something more for a small animal than a large animal? It makes no sense. A large animal could eat more than a small animal. It only makes sense if you follow Rabbi Rabbi, Rabbi, Yehuda's logic that you're only allowed to prepare when it's necessary. Says the Gimodin, Mi is dako, dako, mamish. When Rabbi Yehuda uses the word dako, do you think he means a sheep and a goat, a small animal? My dako gasa. Dako means a large animal, an ox. my kordale dako. Why does he call it a dako? It means a different thing. The dako bo'uchlo. It crushes very well its food. And therefore, it can eat hard food. Dako, dak, dak, it can crush it very well. So, but dako, if it's an animal that can crush it very well, then you're allowed to crush the, the carrot for them. However, if it's a small animal which cannot crush it very well, and therefore it's absolutely necessary to crush it for them, says Ravuni, you're not allowed to. Says you're not allowed to. Okay, fine, it can make very, very lot of sense, but the word gaso can never be translated as a sheep. Dako you could say, it can mean an ox, because dako doesn't mean a small animal, a thin animal, it means an animal which, which you choose a lot, fine, but gaso can only mean one thing. So it says, look at the ratio, how Tanakama described it. Ben dako, bang gaso, Tanakama said whether it's a dako, or a gaso, then you're you're not allowed to crush the carib and, and, and the hay. So obviously, when he says gaso, he means gaso. So obviously, when he says dako, he means a sheep and a goat. If he means a sheep and a goat, then, then a Yehudah which is continuing, this, he's, he's responding to Tanakam, and he's telling Tanakam, no, if it's a dako, you're allowed to crush it. Obviously, he's talking about the same dako. Obviously, he's talking about a sheep and a goat. If he's talking about a sheep and a goat, we're back to the same question. That uh, uh, only a, according to Rabunah's logic, whatever is allowed for a sheep should be definitely allowed for an ox. Because if it's not necessary, that's better. So how could he change the meaning of the word dako? Well, I the Gatani Reish being dako being gasa and dako there must mean dako. from here we see that Rabbi Yehuda, dako, dako, mamish. That Reb Yehuda means, when he says dako, he means a sheep and a goat. Calmer. That's what he means. Kashi, you have a good question, but as we usually say in Gemara, Kashi, a good question, doesn't mean it's a disproof. Which means, I guess, you could say, no, each one had their own language. In Tanakama's language, that meant a sheep and a goat. Rabbi had his own way of describing things and he was trying to explain. He's telling, you know, an ox chews a lot, so he could do well with the carib, and therefore... You're allowed to. you to crush it for him. You're allowed to crush it for him. And uh, second, okay. Now the chayre must mean, according to Rabbi Yehuda, at least when Rabbi Yehuda says you're allowed to crush carib for a daka for an ox I'm I'm imagining you mean even culture when it's uh, a shachas yeah okay so anyways anyways he explained we're only talking about young donkeys so you don't even have to to specify obviously only young donkeys you're not allowed to crush uh, hate for them shachas for them so obviously, when it, when it, when it, that's what it says, only Haruvim, which that's the only thing which applied according to Tanakam to all animals. So I say it only applies, it doesn't apply to, to, to animals. Okay, fine. Toshima. You're allowed to cut, so here they translated as a gourd um what is it a type of squash a type of what is what is gourds um pumpkin 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 okay so you are allowed to cut a pumpkin a gourd the in front of an animal there's an available of club and the car- carcasses that carcasses of animals in front of in front of dogs now again um Okay, so here we're using the opposite logic. Here we're using Rav Huna's logic. And we're saying, pumpkins are usually hard. And carcasses are usually soft. And Mishnah puts them both together. It obviously can't mean both of them in a typical scenario. So now we're taking Rav Huna's logic. And we're saying, if you say two examples, probably you're saying the first, when it's similar to the second. Say gourd, when it's similar to a carcass, which means when it's soft. And the Mishnah says, you're allowed to cut it up. seemingly, A gourd similar to a carcass. Just like carcasses are soft, we're talking about a soft gourd. It's already edible, then you're allowed to cut it up. It's a question of Yehuda, disproves of Yehuda. The opposite, as we said before, the opposite. The second is like the first. The carcass is similar to the to the gourd. Just like the gourd is hard. talking about hard carcasses. Which carcass is hard? It's an elephant. An elephant died. He's cutting up the elephant in front of the dogs. And the elephant's flesh is hard. Or the opposite. We're talking about young puppies young dogs, and for them yeah, a regular carcass is considered hard, and therefore you're allowed to cut it up, because they, it's absolutely necessary. Fine. Tashma. The ton of he said over a brace. You're allowed to spread apart straw and fudder. You can even mix them together okay so what do we see of here that you're allowed to spread them apart according to the Mephastasin of the Mishnah was referring to straw in all examples according to Rav Yehuda no it was only referring to the cedar branches now here it clearly says Tevin Tevin means Tevin Tevin means straw and it clearly says that it, Okay, said, I'm sorry, Mufarcha, not spread apart. Mufarcha means you're allowed to, uh, you're allowed to like, crush it, you crumble it. You're allowed to crumble it, you're allowed to mix it. Now, straw is edible. Straw, you don't need anything to add it. And, and the red, typical fodder is also edible. If it wasn't put together with uh, with caribs. So we're talking says it's, it's, it's edible. And it says you're allowed to prepare it. It's a question of Yehuda. We see that when it's edible, you're allowed to prepare it. Ansis the Gamodinosary. We're talking about that. The straw is a bit off. And if I'm not going to crush it, the animal's not going to eat it. And if I'm not going to mix it with the fodder, the animal's not going to eat it. And as pasta And the fodder is being fed to young donkeys. And as we said, for them, it's hard to eat the fodder. it's hard to eat this hay. And therefore, you're allowed to prepare it. But typically, you're not allowed to prepare food if it's edible already. So, the Mishnah says different restrictions in preparing food for animals. What's the rule behind these restrictions? So, Ravuna and Ravihuda have an argument, and they say opposite an opposite view. Ravuna says if you, if food is not edible for the animal before you prepare it, then you're preparing food. It's a problem. You're making something, you're creating something. However, if it's edible already, you're just doing something extra, so then it's not a problem. Rabbi Yehuda says the exact opposite. Rabbi Yehuda says, if you're preparing it, what's the problem? It's not a Allah, you're not cooking, you're not building, you're not making a kaleid, So you are allowed to do it. But if the animal would eat without it, then, then you're doing extra work, which is unnecessary. And that's the problem. The problem is doing extra work, which is unnecessary, and, and that's, why it's not, that's why it's not allowed. So we brought rice in and hair. Basically, they're both so strong in their opinion. None of them were disproved. They, 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 that's the That's the is what you're allowed to prepare for animals when it's, when it's edible already or when it's not edible.